Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 291, and today I'm joined by Ricky Wilson of the Kaiser Chiefs. Um, I was delighted to sit down with Ricky. We we sat down, it was a good month or two ago now. It was just before the new Kaiser Chiefs album came out, in fact. I knew I couldn't re- release it for a bit because I had so many others lined up, but um, the opportunity to to sit down with Ricky was was one I didn't want to miss. And one of the reasons is a party that we both attended, which we will talk about. So I'll leave that there. Thank you for all the love uh, in the last week or so. As you can hear, I'm, I'm still not quite over my illness, but um, hopefully I sound a lot better than the last week. Thanks for all the love for last week's two-parter with Jack Sexsmith. I mean, I'm still getting love for the Louis Threw episode, the Kano episode, the Frank Turner episode, the Surge from Kasabian episode, the Joe Gilgan episode, the, S- the Sarah Pascoe episode. So many good episodes, episode, episode. So thank you for all the love. If this is the first time you've tuned in, have a scroll through the back catalogue. We've had loads of good people from, I'm thinking of musicians. What musicians have we had? Billy Bragg, Wes Borland from Limp Biscuit, Amanda Palmer, Kate Nash. Loads of really good people. Go and have a, a scroll. Oh, Sh- Charlotte Hatherley from Ash. That that made the Kate Nash one r- rhyme, and the pause seemed intentional, as if it was part of a... Anyway, um, I'll do a longer ch- ch- chat at the end, because there's some exciting stuff. The, the new Pod Bible has just come out, for example. That's very exciting. You can read it at podbiblemag.com. And the Pod Bible podcast is on iTunes and Spotify and Acast and everywhere. I won't ramble on t- t- too much, though. Um, obviously, patreon.com slash pip for all your previews and bonus recorded content we will have just had poem of the month it's a dollar a month and speech com is where you can buy stuff in general loads of wonderful merch and some new things on their way next week's guest is bill bailey yeah i've kept that one quiet haven't i you're gonna love it anyway let's get on with episode 291 of the distraction pieces podcast with ricky wilson Well, I'm I'm refreshed. Yeah, I'm 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 the same. But yeah, I was just saying it's one of the reasons I, for years, I turned down all PR type requests. Yes, but f- these days I only accept them if they will give me f- f- forty five minutes or more. Yeah, because of exactly that. Like we, you, you know, just saying how it's it's so much more fun when they stop talking about the thing they're there to promote or there to sell and you just have a conversation with people. Well, the thing that, I mean, I did a TV show called The Voice. Yes. Right? And uh, one of, you know, they all want advice and I've got very little advice, right? Yeah. Because I don't know how I've done it. Because it's all just based on you yeah. and what you can do, right? And I haven't, I don't know what my talent is. I've always found that the people with the most talent, doubt it the most. Yeah. Right? But my main thing was, don't try and sell anything. Yeah. Just sell yourself. Yeah. And then the product, I'm doing inverted commas, yeah. will, will, will follow. 
and that's it, really. Completely, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's but, oh, but unless unless the product is fantastic, and then you don't need to be involved at all. It's that weird middle ground, isn't yeah. it? I'm having this a lot lately, where I'm kind of really falling out of love with so many elements of social media, and where I've moved into acting, and it's yeah. a new industry. It's like right. I kind of need the social media partly as a selling point because yeah. I can promote things well and things like that. But I'm constantly dreaming of the day I get either a, a big role or one of my yeah. scripts get picked up where I can go, right, forget the socials. I'm just going to concentrate on the art. Well, just the other day, I was looking at my Twitter and Instagram and yeah. I realised it was just a work tool, right? Yeah. So I put up a couple of pictures of holiday and then I went, I'm not, and I felt silly. Yeah. I felt like, why am I doing this? It's not, I don't need to tell anyone how I'm having a nice time on my holiday. Yeah. Because that kind of takes away from it. In the same way that, you know, when you see like a pop star on a jet. Right? Yeah. And they put a picture of themselves sitting there looking fantastic with their shades on. Yeah. It's because they're, uh, they're excited too. Yeah. But they're trying so hard to look like this is every day. Yeah. And like, so I was, so I, I, I'm going to get, I think I'm going to get rid of it. That's what I could. But I don't think I'm famous enough to get rid of it. It's a weird <laughs> one, isn't it? I think you've you've nailed it there, though. I think because we've put everything through this this, this social media f- filter now. Yeah. What people forget is sometimes you're just a human who's excited. I've had stuff yeah. before where someone's like, "Oh, you're showing off a bit there." I'm like, "No, no, I'm buzzing. This is yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in this TV show. Yeah. How mental is that?" It's like but you're then, going on about it all the time. It's like, wouldn't you? But then there's <laughs> the other there's other other end of the spectrum. So you're buzzing for another reason that you've just completed a thousand-piece jigsaw. Yeah. So you put that online, and then people go, oh, not very rock and roll. And I'm like going, what do you, what the, sorry, I'm not going to swear. What you, the flip you, do you want? to swear, but oh, yeah, But exactly. what the hell do you want from me, right? Do you want me to be on a jet or doing a jigsaw? Because my life has both <laughs> in the them, right? It's the perfect combination <laughs> of the two. Jet or jigsaw. But, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, because, you know, social media has taken away a bit of a sense of who I am. Yeah, it's a weird one. When I had Flux a Pavilion on a while ago, yeah. he'd had a big realisation at that point because he'd done exactly the same. He'd posted a picture yeah. of him on holiday and then went, what's that got to do with my music? Yeah. And, you know, I'm posting it because I know it'll get a lot of, yeah. a lot of likes because it's not just here's my new single that people just ignore exactly. and move on from. And he's like, but that's the point of it. I, I don't need to become no. a public figure. If I stick my dog in a post, yeah. it gets like... Shit, shit loads more likes than yeah. anything else. Yeah, And I'm completely. like, that's my dog. Yeah. Maybe I should put him on the cover of the album. Yeah, or, well, you know, guess <laughs> lot. Um, I should mention that I'm here with Ricky Wilson. Oh, sorry, guys. I, I will have mentioned it in the intro, I'm oh, sure. Oh, right, yeah, But yeah. Um, I was looking f- forward to this one um, because we have only met w- once, but it was a lifesaver for me. We met at Mark R- Ronson's th- 33rd birthday party. Was that the one in that, that like weird country house it was somewhere dead fancy and it was all 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 fancy dress i liked it because you had to come as your favorite lp because he's yeah. 33 and they play at 33 yeah. and, i mean i'd been supporting him before that and we kind of said if he had any balls he'd have it four months after his birthday so he's yeah. actually 33, 33 and a third, third and yeah. it's, it's accurate but it's kind of what we were touching upon there at, particularly at that point even more, more so i've never been comfortable in those kind of here's a big fancy celebrity thing and and uh, we, me and my my girlfriend at the time, 
um, got ch- ch- chatting to you reasonably early, and it it, it saved us from being that really? kind of awkward well, out in the corner. I don't know what to do. This feels weird. There's loads of famous people here. Yeah, I mean, I, I once went to a party and got stuck chatting to the bass player from Kajagoogoo, and that wasn't so great. <laughs> but that party was weird, right? Because this is not in any way anything negative about it. Yeah. But I got there, and I considered myself one of Mark's friends. Yeah. Right. I liked him. I spent a lot of time with him. And I, th- and I knew him. Yeah. I still know him. But then I got there and suddenly I was a bit like, I am out of my depth. And I didn't feel like one of his friends anymore. Yeah. Because I, was n- I wasn't as showy or didn't look to be enjoying myself as much as everyone else. And I just felt really uncomfortable. And he was like the Mark Ronson from the newspapers yeah. at his own birthday party. Yeah. And I've never had a birthday party. I get, I get being centre of attention from my work. Right? Yeah, so I, I, I don't really want to do it. But that night, I found it really awkward. Yeah. And there was just loads of people I think it's why we were off. drawn together, because it was right, exactly yeah. the same. I was like, yeah. oh, I, I just don't... I was, again, in a similar way, I was still... I was, I was looking around and going, oh, cool, that person's dead yeah. famous. Oh, there's that person. But yeah. it's still, you don't... I didn't feel as if I was there as such. I felt as if I was looking in on it all and not... It seems to have lasted to not about long as well in my head. It only it yeah. felt about like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, we all went on a coach back to London. Yeah, yeah, it was bizarre, wasn't it? At that time I was living in a hotel in London. Oh, wow. Because the band had really taken off. Yeah. And I didn't have a place in London. I lived up north. But yeah. I had to be down like at least five days a week. So there was no point in me leaving yeah. the Kempinski Hotel at the end of Candlebury Street where I... <laughs> I lived for a good six months. Wow. And it was it was a lot of fun, but so depressing. I was going to say, how does that f- affect you psychologically? Because you did, the band did blow up. It was like first record seemed to be yeah. the hugest thing ever. So to then go from not only it's all blowing up, you're also living in a hotel, which is a really weird yeah. aesthetic and, and situation. Well, I, I, did, I did my dissertation on hotels when I did my MA. Wow. So... Like, because it's an A in graphic graphic art and design, I did it all about Amazing. hotels. So I was enjoying it, and I, and in a weird way, enjoying the depression of it. Yeah, because it was a really nice way of, you know, people getting to like downers to kind of like cut themselves off. Yeah, yeah. I found the hotel did that for me. Oh wow! And I was quite enjoying the fact I get back to my depressing room, and it was like, I don't know. Sometimes when this is quite a weird thing to say, but sometimes when I can't sleep. I put myself in my head in a far worse position I'm in and I right. fall asleep really quickly. It relaxes me. That's so, fascinating. Because so like, that can I'm often in... be the thing that will keep you awake. But no, yeah, no, I guess I, if you find the right I just place... imagine I'm in hospital or something. Amazing. Or in a really crappy mobile home and yeah. I fall asleep like that. It's crazy. That's bizarre. But that, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was such an odd thing living in a hotel. Because at the time... Do you feel like Alan Partridge? Yeah. <laughs> That's gotta be a good Yeah, thing, right? I mean I knew I knew the staff by name. Brilliant. And at the time it was you know, like in the two thousands, companies were far more willing to give you free stuff, mm. right? Yeah. So stuff would be arriving at the hotel. I remember Puma used to send boxes and boxes of shoes, but not just for me, for the band, but they'd arrive at this hotel. And I had a corner full of boxes of Pumas. And like I'd get room service and the guy'd come and he'd give me my club sandwich which was probably what I ate three times a day. And then I'd go, uh, I wouldn't tip him. I'd say, what's that, Shuey? I'm an eight and a half, mate. All right, I've got an eight 
in a green or a nine in the red. Which do you want? And then I'd be tipping in Pumas. I love it. But that sounds very rock and roll, but it couldn't have been more like, just, yeah, get through the day. It's the reality of it all, isn't it? Cause again, I'm not moaning, though. No, no, but it's, it is one of the weird things. I spoke to, it's Billy Bragg I spoke to about this, and he mm. was saying that some of the deepest and hardest depressions can be when you get to what you've always dreamed and it isn't what you thought. You know, Billy was saying he's lucky. He got to to live his dream and he loved it. He's had had friends who have got to that right pinnacle and gone, oh, I'm not enjoying this. Mm. This isn't nice. But I think it it seems like a weird one. But I remember an example for me was going on on Joe Rogan's podcast because I loved it. I listened all the time and it had like 10 million listeners an episode and I was like, Going on there, it's all going to change. Yeah. Did you make literally a list of things you were going to say? I did. I didn't prepare <laughs> enough. I thought I was rubbish on it, but literally, I woke up the next morning and nothing had changed. It was right. like, well, of course it didn't. I just went on a podcast and had a chat. And yeah. in reality, it's only about one percent of the guests he has on that I then become a huge fan of and follow up and research okay. and all that. So I kind of thought, it's it, again easy example over here is getting played on Radio One. Yeah, if you're getting played as I predict a riot was, like, every day, mm-hmm. constantly, that makes a difference. If you get in that one or two spot plays, yeah. it's not that big an impact. You can't um, even assume it's this big, great goal, but... At the weekend, um, Gemma Kearney played Modern Way, one of our songs, yeah. on a morning show. Yeah. And it went round as a WhatsApp to all the people in the band for, from each other, going, that's great. And I was thinking, if this was <laughs> 15 years ago, and we had to... We had to message each other every time we played. We yeah. Non-stop. But I was like, but we were generally, but that's the thing. It's like, if anything happened now, not in the maelstrom of everything happening, it's a gift. Yeah. I mean, you can we, talk, we talked about it happening really quickly at the start and it did happen so quickly that it didn't feel like it had happened at all because, like, we got our first number one album. Right, we went away. We were working every day and we'd seen so many of our contemporaries mess up by not working. Yeah. Right. And our kind of rule of thumb was it took us this long to make it happen, let's not take the foot off the gas, that we didn't stop to notice that it was going well. And it was only when we decided to take a year off in 2010, five years later, that we uh, hated it. Took took a year off and hated it. We just sat at home watching festival coverage on TV, just jealous. And envy is a horrible thing. Yeah, It's like it makes you feel like envy just feels like it's... I read the other day, I liked it. Envy is the uh, is the religion of the mediocre. Yeah. And I, it was just in a, it was in a holiday book, I read that, just on the beach. And, I went, and, and it was one of those things where you go, this book is 90,000 words of nonsense. Yeah. But they had that in it, so it's, it, it, it's it made sense. something there. in there. Yeah. It's mad, again, when you are in the middle of it all, because the industry mm. is built to not give you time to appreciate it. And yeah. and also to always dangle a carrot slightly further ahead. But that's ambition. So whilst you're like, ambition is always just yeah. out of reach. So you're never going to get there. This is going great, but you're like, but we should. Uh, hopefully, we can get there. You're yeah. not sitting there and going, "We've got a record out." Yeah. Like just the. I mean, the, maybe that might, alone. How maybe, fucking cool is that? But, We've got a record. Oh yeah, out. but maybe it might be slightly different now because things are. You release something, and it's it's more of a global thing now. Whereas when we did it, you had to do one place, then go to another place. Yeah. And while you're in the next place, you're forgetting about the last place. But I suppose now people can do things from, you know, because of the internet. Yeah. I'm talking like a moron. But, but no, it's it's a case yeah. of can it last though? Because I, I, I always remember it, it, it was an inspiration because when I 
started doing music and we had a kind of internet hit, we were exactly the same. We're like, right, we need yeah. to be gigging constantly and touring yeah. constantly. And I'd always heard of you guys doing that. A guy I worked with an HMV when you guys blew up. This guy, Chris, was like... Mm. I've seen Kaiser Chiefs more than any other band. Like, they're constantly on. Whether I like it or not. They're, they're playing everywhere and they work hard. So yeah. where did that kind of drive and ethic come from in that respect? Just from the fact that it was, we did everything and anything when it started. Yeah. And why, when, when do you stop doing that? Yeah. And, you know, we've made mistakes where we thought we were too big for our boots. But yeah, I think even on this last, bringing a record out, a couple of weeks ago, I'm not trying to sell it by the way, it's it's done all right. But the 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 thing about it is, even then, I had a week, and on paper I knew this is all I have to do. Yeah, a week of five a.m. starts, one a.m. finishes, push through that. But even halfway through, I thought I can't do this. How'd you find it? Because I I was seeing you on everything, and it's great. <laughs> but it's 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 at times it's like well. That's not the part you're thinking of when you're writing a record or starting a career. That that because you've got this, the band themselves got to that huge level. You, um, I do want to talk yeah. about the voice at some point. Yeah. You've gone off and done that as well. So you've well, you've got that daytime exposure level. So you're having to go on shows that yeah. may or may not be. A well, luckily, luckily, I really like excitement. I really like TV studios, brilliant, and I really like radio <laughs> studios, and I still get a buzz from it. I yeah, still get like a. You know, there's nothing quite like just walking in, even if you hate the show, like GMB. Yeah. And they're on air over there, and you're playing around over here, and you're just like, this is going out to millions of people. Yeah. And I still get a buzz from it, so I still want to get up and go there. But then you're doing everything, so you go from doing something in front of millions of people to then doing a half-hour phoner for something you never heard of. Yeah. And you can barely hear them. Then you go into a room with someone who's doing an interview and they haven't got a pen or anything or recording it and you're going, and they say they'll remember the good bits. And then I'm like, <laughs> but but it's like, it's proper scattergun approach to selling a record. Yeah. Like, but then I didn't mind that any of this, but then I, I was thinking I can't be bothered. Some of these things feel like a waste of my time. And then I start thinking to myself, am I on too much? Am I just starting to piss people off? by being on TV all the time. Oh, I, th- I think there's there's always, I think a lot of that can be fuelled by the ever-present imposter syndrome that's, that so many people have. Because we can look and go, how many interviews did Bowie do? Mm. <laughs> uh, not l- yeah. loads. Maybe I can step back and do it. But, but then as soon as it comes round, you're like, no, I, I should promote I should this. We need to make it. sure we work then, really hard on this record. We really like, need to make sure it gets over. I was just the other day looking at photographs of Bowie performing li- live at his height. Yeah. In theatres to about 500 people yeah. all sat there with their arms folded, appreciating it in a different way than people going out. There yeah. weren't circle pits. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It right. was just people like in a, in a tie, you know. Yeah. This is interesting, watching a man in a leotard prance around. Prance but like, you know, it's like, but what I do like about the music industry is that it's not, you know, people go, oh, it's changing so fast. It's not even that old, right? Yeah. It's... I don't know, 75 years old at the yeah. most, the music industry. Yeah, it's mad. Uh, and so, of course, it's changing. It hasn't, it's never going to settle. And, you know, even the fact that the prevalence now of people suing people for copying their songs, I'm like, well, we're going to run out soon. Yeah. The mathematics of it means that there was one the other day, Mark Robson and, and um, Lady Gaga's song. Yeah. And a guy suing him because it's got the same three notes in a row. I'm like, 
Yeah, but I heard it and I thought of a different song that's got the same three notes yeah, around. Yeah. We've got to change the rules about that. <laughs> and like, mate, punk music is going to blow you away. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be going crazy yeah. when you hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, Nile Rodgers should be suing everybody yeah, for inventing, yeah. like, funk, but he's it's not. It's an interesting one, though, because it's weird. I had that ex- exact same thought the other day. I was sitting there and I was, no, I was driving home from Edinburgh, so I couldn't get out my phone yeah. and Google it. And I was thinking... How old is the bass guitar? Because it's not been around that long. No. Like the bass, the guitar will have been around a lot longer. Yeah, but yeah, the bass definitely. itself is like, it's not that long. That's it's, mad no. how that's, it feels no, like it, it's ever, and if ever it's, present. And also, you know, like technology, you know they're saying that if science carries on at the speed it's going, then the, yeah. per, the first person to live to a thousand is already born, right? Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Well, if that happens with music, then like I don't really bother myself about worrying where it's going i'm just gonna strap myself in and enjoy it because it's 100 because it's it's a lot of fun and and then you've got i just think the only people that'll be left behind are the critics yeah because they'll have nothing to criticize because we'll be making stuff that they just won't understand yeah and i know because i just make pop songs that i like yeah right? which i seem to be criticized for and applauded for in equal measure yeah and as as long as they let me do it, I'll keep doing it because it, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I read a, it. Sorry, I'm just going to go about yeah, critics go. for a second. But I read a, a, a criticism of us the other day, and at one hand, it's, well, it just said that on our new album, we've managed to swerve huge political issues of the day, such as climate change and equality of sexes. And I was going, well, if I'd have just made an album about that and then made this one, then yeah. But. You know what I'm saying? I like, sometimes you, I was like, did you say that about Galway Girl by Ed Sheeran? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not really dealing with the political yeah. issues of the day. It's like, well, you know, if I want it, I will. And if I don't, I, I won't. Yeah. And just because we once wrote a song called I Predict a Riot, which was, I mean, not that political. We were just trying to write, we always had this rule about trying to write, we've never written songs that tell people what to do, right? Yeah. Uh, sitting opposite, um, that shall always kill me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I always get called out now but the last line on that is thou shalt think for yourselves yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah, point of it yeah, the point yeah. is it's a three minute diatribe telling you what to yeah. do that ends with going ignore all of that yeah, yeah. think for yourselves yeah, but, yeah. we were furious by the way I remember backstage Germany um, I think we were supporting Block Party and we weren't mentioned I was furious I had this with Surge the other day. Did you? From Kasabian. Did you? I was like, that's so so mad to think. We really, no, but everyone wanted to be in that little Because we had people who were in the list who were offended by being in it. So it's that weird kind of you're there or yeah, you're there. Yeah, I probably would have hated to be in it. But But then there was, uh, but yeah, no, (laughs) because a lot of songs I love, especially like Oasis, who I used to worship. Yeah. Because, you know, I was too young and stupid not to. Yeah. They always told you what to do. Yeah, you can do this. You can be that. You can live forever, whatever. And uh, when we started, I was like, "We're never going to tell people what to do. Uh, we'll just comment on it." And we've always stuck by that. I'm yeah. quite pleased with that. It's think... something that no one's noticed about our, um, our, our stuff. No, I think it's right. I've, even, I've... even we have a new song. Sorry, I'm not trying no, to sell no, it. I'm no, talking no. about it as a point of view. No, you're allowed to talk about your new song. So You've worked pe- hard on the, the pe- record. The people down the corridor. Yeah, we have a song called "Green Universal Building." By the way, yeah, it's just for the listener. Yep. And we'd signed to a major again, which is great. You don't have to get the tube as much. Yeah. That's about it, right? It's <laughs> about it. And then uh, it's called People Now to Love One Another. And then someone suggested, call it Love One Another. It'll be easier to get on the radio. Mm. And I was like, A, 
love one another is a lame title for a song. Mm-hmm. And B, it's a command. Yeah. And we don't write commands because yeah. I don't feel uh, empowered enough to tell people what to do. Yeah, yeah. I empowered mean, is it? it's interesting. You, you've spoken about um, strapping yourselves in and enjoying the ride. Mm. You've spoken about the kind of the 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 blessing and curse of exposure bringing cr- cr- criticism. How was that in the early days? Because you write pop songs, but they come from a punk sensibility. Or yeah. Particularly in the early days, it came from a punk sensibility. And punk was the genre I grew up in love with. Yeah. But also the genre I was so aware how ridiculous it was. Because it's like, I love this band, but if I don't want them to be successful. <laughs> if they get successful, I'm going to hate this band. There is that whole turn yeah. on you and selling out if you have success. And the fact that you exploded... Again, I literally remember with that one song. I remember I predict to write mm. being on the kind of alternative scene mm. and then it being in the mainstream yeah. and it kind of there being a certain amount of a backlash of going, oh no, it's rubbish. And it's like, you were going m- mental yeah, yeah, to that yeah. literally a week ago in a club. Well, it's kind of, it's a rite of passage which I'm pleased we went through because, yeah. I mean, I don't think we could survive if people, with being, for our sensibilities, we like being the underdog, right? Yeah. And it really fuels us. And being having a little backlash, especially with the smaller music press, yeah. really helped us because we were desperate to get back in it. And in doing that, we never messed up. We never did a sex on fire. Yeah, you know what I mean. We never fully went. We never jumped the shark. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think. yeah. I mean, we did. Uh, we did let Mark Ronson produce a record. Yeah, but then it was just hilarious. Because I was more interested in following out on nights out because it was like it was like proper tabloid. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, and then the next day, looking through, once when we were in the <laughs> once when Mark was doing the record, Lily Allen came to say hi to him. And there were loads of paparazzi outside the studio, and me and Nick were stood there with him and Lily Allen. And then the next day, in the paper was oh, be in the papers. We're going to be in the papers. <laughs> Open it up, middle pages says uh, Mark Ronson helps Lily Allen move into a new gaff. Um, refusing to lift a finger to help the removal men. And there's me and Nick stood there. We're like, so we're the removal men. <laughs> All right. So there, there was a story, which was quite good, which is Mark's making our record and Lily Allen's doing a backing vocal. Good yeah. story. Because she's for a record. Not bad. But they went, nah, let's say that the removal men. Let's assume they're the removal men. I quite... I quite I mean, I, I quite like that. Was there any temptation for a, a Removal Men side project to come? The Removal Men is a great name. <laughs> it's a brilliant name. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll stick that in your notes. It's got to happen. That's, that's, that's got to happen. I at some do point. like the name, the Removal Men. It's really nice. It's yeah. good. So, that's so, that's so, so just, just change the subject a bit. So, I've uh, always resisted DJing yeah. for money, right? Yeah, and I'm going to do one, right? Right, with my fiance. Amazing. So we're going to do it together. And uh, it just came today because I said, oh, will you tweet about it? It's in September sometime. And because I always thought, I just don't want to be like someone like like Jambo from Hollyoaks at a student union. <laughs> like, I don't want to, or, or some Love yeah. Island winner, yeah. like just yeah. pumping, fist pumping the air. So I want to do it properly. So we're going to we're gonna learn how to do it, <laughs> me and my Brilliant. girlfriend. And also, it won't have to be that good. It's just basically playing Mr. Brightside 15 times. Yeah. That's all we have yeah. right? I'm quite looking forward to it. And then I thought, can me and my friends be called the Comical Brothers? Has it been done? Because <laughs> I quite like the idea of getting matching boiler suits. It's wonderful. Because she really likes the Chuckle Brothers. Uh, uh, where is it? Do you know where it is? I do, but I'm not going to say because it sounds like I'm down on it. No, no, and I want, no, I want, I want, I want But I'd actually want to enjoy it. 
Yeah, no, I've completely. Never done, I've never done it because I've always looked down on people that do do it. Again, I think all these things, it's about choosing to do them when you want to do them or if you if, if it, it i think there's so much that you can avoid doing because you're like oh that's crap that's cheesy that's this, oh yeah that's no, that. totally like, if it comes in and you're like oh that feels like again, oh no totally, like totally. Me and my missus but, can do that we'll have a really good the, night it's there's, like, there's, there's so many things in life like that that the snob in you refuses to let you enjoy yourself yeah right um, and refuses to let you watch certain things because everyone's watching them it's magnified and, as soon as you're in yeah, the public eye as and well and then like you know it's a little bit like I'm a little bit like a TV squirrel with Grace because she watches a lot of crap. Yeah, and then she'll be watching it, and I'll be like standing there, you know, with the plate and some toast. And I'll be like, okay, oh, what's this then? That's Love Island. Oh, this is awful, awful. Half an hour later, I'm like going, oh, Michael is a dick. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, but you get sucked in. They know how to and, do it, man. But no, well, the thing is, it's 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 interesting because it's it's absolutely engineered mm. to tickle every single one of normal people's senses it's beautifully and I, done. It's I beautifully do enjoy done. being i mean it's it's you know the television the opiate the masses it's more than that it's like it's food i had i had garth jennings on and he right. wrote and, and created the, the movie sing which is an animated movie yeah. essentially about a reality music contest a pig right yeah yeah, yeah. and um as soon as I saw the, the trailer, I was excited about it because I was like, "All oh, right, so, so they can hit all the beats that these reality shows hit." Yeah, but you don't have to feel annoyed that you're being manipulated <laughs> or that it's contrived because it's literally an animation. Of course, it's contr- they've, yeah. they've thought everything out carefully, so yeah. you don't have to be a snob about it and go, "Oh, I don't watch re- reality music show or whatever." Yeah. Else. You can just enjoy it and i watched that and i got all the emotions of the, yeah. the emotional backstory oh, that yeah. when they sing that big song and the whole place goes crazy it's like i get to enjoy that without my own snobbishness of going well obviously they've, they've just set that up to be like that so, i watched um, relax. i watched the star is born last night it was it was exactly like a, a tv talent show yeah yeah, yeah, yeah same yeah. It, yeah like you said hit the same beats i love it that moment when it's like she stood side stage and he's beckoning her to come on. Yeah. She comes on. She knows all the words instantly. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wow, that's like, great. But yeah, it, it, it just, it, it was aimed at people to enjoy it. Made you laugh and cry and feel something and then left you feeling a bit disappointed when it was finished. Yeah. Because you were going, I've been waiting to watch that for ages and now it's, that was it. That was it, was it? It's done. That was yeah. It. But um, yeah, reality TV's um, a friend of mine. Yeah. So, so how was it to to join a show like The Voice? And did you have any of the kind of almost the self defeating contemplation of no, I shouldn't do this. Is this the right thing? Is this the yeah, is well, this the wrong thing? Nick, who used to be in the casualty, has always said that if you're if you have one percent of doubt about not doing something, you shouldn't do it. Right. And I was fifty fifty, and yeah. then I had to go against that rule. And I'd been to a meeting while Nick was still in the band, but I hadn't told him about doing it two years before. Right. And, you know, I was a stone heavier and I had crooked teeth and I didn't get it. And then two years later, he left the band. I'd had my teeth straightened, I'd lost a stone, and suddenly I got it. And right. although I was thinking to myself, is that all it takes? You just get your teeth straightened and lose a bit of weight and you're palatable. It's such a weird situation because you can see the horror of it, but yeah, then you're also I, like, oh, well, that's I, quite nice. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> it's it's the same, same with everything. It's like you go, it's like, you know, when you... You're watching the awards ceremony, you go, ah, oh, it's all fixed. Mm. And then the year, what you win it, you don't mind that it's all fixed. 100%. Um, so it's it's horses for courses, which is a great phrase because it means the same thing no matter how you say it. You can say horses for courses, so different horses, yeah. 
run well on different courses. Or you can say, horses, fuck horses, which means the same thing. <laughs> it's just like, you know, horses don't fuck monkeys. They no, fuck horses. They do. Am I allowed to swear on Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. But, um... I uh, no, I, I I kind of enjoyed being swept up. I've never I'd never seen it. Mm. I've never seen it since. I only watched the ones I'm on. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was ter- absolutely terrified the first day. Yeah, because like anything, I'm good at getting jobs. I can get any job I go for an uh, audition interview for, mm. but then I have to do it, and doing it is always horrible. Yeah, and uh, suddenly I thought they have total control over my personality. Yeah. However they want to pitch me, they can pitch me. Yeah, yeah. And they course. were very kind to me because yeah. they made me kind of like boy next door, every man kind of character, which was nice juxtaposed against the A-list celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it worked really well. But, you know, all the things that I hated about, I mean, I had to watch it. For a start, I watched it kind of like cringing. Secondly, I watched it with my chin sticking out because every time I looked at myself I was going he's got a massive double chin (laughs) so I was like watching it urging myself to do that Um, but uh, you know every time I was like annoyed or angry or upset or emotional I was like oh god I'd get rid of that but they kept it all in and that was the stuff that worked yeah and then you've got to think that your image of yourself is not what people like you see yeah Completely, yeah. completely, and it's 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 important every now and then to do things that you're not in complete control over, and you, and you're not the one vision and voice who's going. Yeah. Here's how we will be presented, and here's what will work. Because there will be things that you're getting rid of just because. Again, oh my, I don't know how my chin looks there. Yeah. You might have said something absolutely amazing that bit, but yeah. you won't have seen that. You yeah, like, yeah, yeah, my oh god, yeah, yeah. I look, oh I don't like that. It's like no, that that was your moment. That yeah, was yeah. the big moment where you delivered this thing because you're going to be critical of specific insecurities you have yeah. of yourself that no one else will see. For them, even like stuff like I look back at it and think it was amazing. I had a great time. Yeah. But I look back on it with, uh, we don't sit and watch it, but we talk about it obviously with my fiance because, you know, I'd like to do it again because, yeah. you know, to perfectly frank, it pays well, right? Yeah, yeah, but, of course. Um, and then Grace always says, you're not doing it again. You were an absolute nightmare. When we did it. Oh, really? Like, in what way? And she was going, you were just anxious all the time, like a complete mess, and you just that was all you thought about. And I was going, no, it was great. It was loads of fun. Yeah, And yeah. obviously all you remember is the highlights. You don't think about Completely. the fact that you're... I just got so into it, and I was really... I just really wanted to win it. I was going to say, did it mean a lot oh, yeah. when you won and when oh, you had yeah, consecutive yeah. ones and yeah, stuff I like mean, that? Yeah, I mean, but I think also... Like, I'm glad I didn't do it again because I'd kind of figured out how to win it. Right. <laughs> and it was easy if you just kind of like, because you just got to know your audience. Yeah. And as soon as you kind of like can narrow in on the fact that, yeah, it's going out to how many million people, less and less as the series went on, but it's going out to many people. Like, who votes for it, right? So you've got to think about who actually is picking up the phone and vote for it. Because we all sit and watch it, oh, they should win. But to go from that to picking up the phone. Yeah, it's a massive, massive difference, difference yeah. right? And I'm not sure how many people are voting. Can't be that many, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you know. yeah, you're right. I've so, never voted, didn't it? No, but you've always, always got an opinion <laughs> on those things. You know, oh, no, they lost. Like, Did you vote? No. Right, so I I thought about who was voting and I would just like totally aim it at them. And the bigger 
the other celebrities went with their kind of like they were like you'd have to like take them on days out or stuff and yeah. you know well I am a take some kid to tea at Buckingham Palace and Tom Jones would have them sing live with them at something yeah. and then they'd say what do you want to do and I'd tell them what they want to do and say no it's not big enough and then I'd say no I'm saying this guy this singer he's uh, hasn't seen his wife in ages so I'm going to send them on a date and I'm going to take his daughter to the zoo right and they'd say, no, it's not good enough. And I'd say, that's what I want to do. And so you'd have VT of me just walking around the zoo with a little girl and them having dinner somewhere. Yeah. And then everyone at home going, oh, that's nice. Yeah, right, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And then, so it's like, it's just a, because it's we, all smoke and mirrors yeah, and a bit of a trick. It's finding the things you can actually r- relate and emotionally mm. attach yourself to because yeah. we're desensitised to the, the grandeur of it all. Yeah. If it's like... I would assume that Will I Am can take them anywhere. So yeah. nowhere is going to impress me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's literally it's like, all right, well, that's not hard. Yeah. And it, 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 did, it, did, it did wind him up, that the fact that I had this kind of secret, like, yeah. back, like, side entrance yeah. to the British public that he didn't have. Yeah. And he just confused him, the fact that I could, like, talk about Rainbow, the TV show. Yeah. And he wouldn't know what I was talking about, but yeah. the audience would all be there laughing along. Yeah. And it would just frustrate him so much. <laughs> I love it. So how was it and how long did it take you to get, or did you get comfy with the kind of the coaching and guidance side of it? I mean, we've spoken about how in your music you've always said we're not going to tell people what to do. Yeah. Kind of the point of being a coach oh, on right. the voice is I to didn't... kind of tell people what to do or to guide them in some way. How did you adapt to that or find that? Or I think it's, uh, I, don't know, I don't really know. I mean, it was, I, I, it, it came quite naturally yeah. in, this, in the respect that I can't really remember what I said. Yeah. It's weird because the ones that I liked the most were the most messed up people because uh, it came yeah. across in the way they sang. Yeah. Right? And it had something interesting. And the thing about doing reality shows is they start, you start listening to voice after voice that sounds like someone doing an impression of someone on a TV reality singing show. Yeah. Like, you can teach anyone to sing like that. Yeah, right? yeah. So I'd find the ones that were like sounded absolutely mental. <laughs> and then you'd meet them and you go, oh, they're mental. Yeah. And, you know, a few of them dropped out because yeah. they thought, I can't deal with this. Yeah. But to go on a, you know, any of these TV shows, there's an element of Last Chance Saloon to it. Yeah. People think. But that's what music is like. Everyone thinks it's Last Chance, but it's not really. Because mm. nothing's ever your last chance. But. I never really liked the desperation. I liked the, the, just the madness of the ones that thought this was their only way to get in front of people. Yeah. And, you know, I saw some really talented people. The, the, the only tough comes about when you're thinking you can sing a million times better than I can sing. Yeah. So you've got that covered, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, all I can do is kind of give you a helping hand into how to not come across as a complete dick. Yeah. Or if you need to come across as a complete dick, do that. Completely, you completely. Know, because I do both, you know. Right. You've got to, you've got to be overconfident sometimes, and know when to be. Yeah, as a, as I mean, I always remember the scene um, the first time I saw the Strokes, yeah. and they were perfectly fine, but they didn't seem interested at all. And yeah. I would much rather, particularly at that point, have seen a band who are prancing about, going absolutely yeah. nuts, even if they're oozing arrogance and yeah. to an annoying level. I'd much rather see that than someone who's just, yeah. we are, we're doing our thing. Um, do, do you think you learn a lot from doing the voice? Because I always feel it's, or it's often easier 
to look at other people than to look at yourself. So Definitely. if you're looking at, at these acts and going, here's what they're doing wrong, here's what they're doing right, this, yeah. that, that, there's going to be points where you go, you know what, I can see that they're doing that wrong. I do that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. No, and, no, and I've no, not been able to see that I do that no, wrong but, because like, it's me. But, but like, even like you talked about the strokes then, when we first started, I think, you know, people always ask what, what you're influenced by. Yeah. And I strongly believe that you're influenced a lot more by things you hate than you are by things you like. Yeah. Because I think that if you take everything you don't want to be and put that to one side, what's left is what you want to be. Yeah. Rather than trying to point yourself at, I want to be like The Clash or I want to be like, you know, whatever. You go, what's left is what you are. And I think that's what we did when we started. We were fed up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And what ended up was we just came out bouncing around looking like we really wanted to be there. And we just thought, actually... We're fed up of pretending that we're not. We don't want to be there. We actually want to be there, and and it suited us really well. I mean, it wound people up quite a lot. Yeah, especially when like you know, within like a year, we're like zooming up the bills of festivals. Yeah, ahead of people that really shouldn't have been ahead of. Yeah, just because yeah, yeah. we'd had a few top ten hits, and you know now it's weird because we're playing festivals and there's people ahead of us that I haven't heard of. But then you look at their stats and you go, oh. Like 50 billion streams <laughs> and I've never heard of them it's, you go, yeah. it's interesting but, though, but, isn't it? but the, your question was if you if you, if you can if, if you learn yeah. ways to look at yourself because obviously you it's since then you've now come and worked on this new record so what's yeah. the different approach well there's an element of, there's an element of kind of doing it a long time 40 you know you're old when you forget 42 yeah um, and there's an element of when you get to about 20 yeah you stop worrying about a lot of things that you worried about when you were 16. Like if I was 16 and someone saw me naked, I'd be devastated. Yeah. And you get to 20 and you think, I couldn't give a crap. Yeah. Right? And then when you get to 42, you start thinking about, you know what? It'll work itself out. So I've, I've really stopped worrying about the way I'm perceived because I just went, well, it'll be different tomorrow. Yeah. Because I'll probably say something else, and it's going to wound people up. And also, if people are primed to be wound up, which they are now because of the internet, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it kind of it's it's quite liberating knowing that when you go on Lorraine, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people there angry that you're on Lorraine, but you've just got to think <laughs> yeah. yourself, they're watching Lorraine. <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? Like when you get past that threshold, where, and again, I think it's why I think the myth of the difficult second album exists. I think mm. the, the the difficult second album is just on your first album, generally the people who are listening to it are the people who want to listen to it. Yeah. If it's successful, mm. it's the second album, there's people who have to listen to it because yeah. they have to review it and they have to do it. The yeah. first one, they didn't have to yeah. review no one. So I don't think there's really a difficult second album. I think there's a difficult n- new audience who are now yeah. going to be like... And it's the same on things like if you're going on these, these huge daytime TV shows. It's yeah. like, well, I had no intention of meeting the these viewers, yeah. but I've been put well, in there the and now I have to deal with I them. always remember this thing that my mum said to me. When I was a kid, there was a shop just out of town, out of Leeds, called Reedman's, right? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, like, seconds kind of shop. Like, yeah. clothes, but like, you know, re- not factory rejects, but like, you know, that kind of thing. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, really uncool, but it had like some Ben Shermans in it and it was good, but I was terrified of seeing anyone from school in Reedman's, right? Right, yeah. Because I thought to myself, if they see me there, they'll, they'll, they'll get around. But then my mum just suddenly said, if they see you in there, they're in there, right? 100%. And that, I think about that every time I go on a TV show I don't really want to be on. Because it's like, well, if 
they're watching it. Yeah. What are they doing watching it if yeah. they don't like it? And then you've just got to go, you know what? I'm finding new audiences and I'm not that picky because you can play to cool people, but you can't fill arenas with them. Yeah. And I like playing to as many people as possible. And that's not that's not selling out. That's the opposite. It's, it's buying into that. It's yeah. kind of going, I want to get this message across. And I, I put myself in a position where I'm making pop music. And I want to keep it to myself. Yeah. There might have been a time when I did, but... You know, we made the first record without an audience, without critics. We made the second record with a huge audience and huge amount of critics. Yeah. And we we survived it. And then we made loads of mistakes. And on this last record, I was really nervous about criticism until I got loads of it and then I didn't care. Yeah. It's weird because <laughs> you kind of... Dilutes yeah, it, yeah, right? yeah. You're just like... And then, you, then you start to find it funny. Yeah. Then you start find, thinking they're not listening. Then you start going, you've mentioned the first three songs. That says a lot. Yeah. We bought a record out in 2015. And about just towards the end, at the end of one of the songs, it had about a minute and a half. And it was a, a, a poem I'd written, narrated by Bill Nye, right? Right. And then we put the record out. And then I'd read the reviews. And I knew if they didn't mention that poem by Bill Nye, that you know, read about Bill Nye, yeah. they hadn't listened to the record. Because yeah. it's too delicious of a thing to put in a... A review. Yeah. So I'd just literally read it. And if it was like, they didn't mention it, I knew they hadn't listened yeah, to it. Yeah, they've not paid Because you can't, I mean, it was just a load of pop songs with one bit where it was written. With Bill Nye reading yeah. a poem in the yeah, yeah. Of course you're going to mention yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, and it, I think that it's it's quite a clever thing to put that in records. Yeah, I'd like, test I'd them. like even, you know, put in at the end of one of the songs, like track eight, say, and the uh, review code is 46X92. <laughs> Make sure you put this in the review or I'll know you haven't listened yeah. to it, you know. And then, and then they'd have to put it. Yeah. Or they, you know, I like that. You, you mentioned s- surviving there and like as, as Clinging man, on, I prefer to <laughs> Clinging on. But I think it's an important thing and I think it's an, it's an overlooked thing. If I think back to when you guys were kind of blowing up mm. and there was a few different bands that had that edge that were going into a mainstream area and I think of... Ordinary Boys, Hard yeah. Fire, that kind of thing. Again, yeah. love or hate any of them. They were all huge amounts of exposure at one yeah. point and then fizzled out or reformed or did other things. Had yeah. a break. Uh, what do you think has been the key to kind of to holding it together? Or holding it together as such? Because obviously Nick has, yeah. has, has moved on yeah, and yeah. things like that. So I think the, the, it's just the fact that the simple thing is the alternative is just unthinkable. Yeah. Don't want to do anything else. Yeah. Do you think it's the that year off you had after five years. Yeah, yeah, that's, probably, that's yeah. That, that you yeah, had a year was, off and went, oh, we don't know what to do. Yeah, want, we need to do this forever. This was, is... Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that there isn't a point where one of us doesn't want to pack it in. Mm. But I think as long as as long as long there's no more than three of you that want to pack it in, then you're fine. <laughs> but also there's, yeah. there's, a play, uh, there's a playfulness that comes after being in a van for such a long time. Because yesterday we got offered this thing and it's playing... It's seven minutes, yeah. quite a lot of money at a sports event. Right. And uh, one of us said, I'm on holiday. And so I replied, is it vocals to track? <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's an element of like push and pull, which is like me saying to him, like, I can do it without you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm never going to do it. Yeah. But, like, but I think there's an element, we just can't think of anything better to do. Yeah. And you know what? It's I think we've done it by stealth as well because... We're still the underdog in the fact that, you know, I do read things 
you know, I don't want to think I'm really negative about the critics because I do quite enjoy it. Yeah. But they're saying, who who would care about a new Cards Chiefs record in 2019? I'm going, yeah, we just sold out an arena tour in January, February. Yeah. So, not you. Yeah. Right? But you live in your bubble that you've created probably through social media because that's the problem with it. It does create, it's like bubble wrap. We all have our little areas where we do think the new Bonnie Vare record is the most important thing in the world, yeah. but my mum and dad would never have heard of it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas they will have heard of Billie Eilish. Yeah. Because they probably don't like it. And again, it's it's the the thing that people need to realise is all of those things are fine. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's fine to be really into that. It's fine yeah. to be into this. It shouldn't be this. Oh, I can't believe you like that. Or you like yeah, this. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but they like it, so let them like it. Or they don't like it, so let yeah. them not like it. It's like it's it's this weird thing that it seems to be a battle between the underground and the mainstream, yeah. or the, oh, yeah. the social also, media bands now, and the also now TV. It's cross pollination between people that aren't even. It used to be a music scene where we're all kind of tribal and now that doesn't really exist anymore. So you've got to, you know, if you're going to give advice to musicians, say, well, if any, if anyone's Twitter account ends with the initials of the football team they support, ignore that entirely because <laughs> yes. that is just going to be bollocks, right? Because yeah, yeah. they just want to, you know, have some hate. And then the other day I was like, someone, Chris, I can't remember what it was, but it was just funny, the response that he had. Someone said something bad about, me and Sleaford Mods in the right. same thing. And I was like, what's he doing? Right? Yeah. Don't go against Sleaford Mods because yes. they will destroy you, right? 100%. And then, so I replied, and then I went, you've only been on Twitter for a day. And he went, get in, troll, get out. That's what his really fault. And I was like, and I was like, that's what he's doing. And I thought, he's just a, like a semi-professional troller that knows what he's doing. He doesn't even have a permanent account. And the pride he gets of it, in, though. Says some, yeah. The pride of it, I'm really good at this. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't question me. I'm, I am. <laughs> I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. It's funny, though, because that all comes and goes. I remember when I worked in a record store and it was mm. the era of... Um, James Blunt and Dido being the biggest things right. in the world. And me and my mates dubbed it as music for people who aren't into music. Yeah, that is true. And, but then it's the realisation now that, again, that's absolutely fine. You don't have to have grown... It just happens no, yeah, that yeah. I grew up with this uh, mad connection to music. There's yeah. loads of people who didn't, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm not into Fabergé eggs. Yeah. But if there's one that everyone thinks is the, like, the... The, the kind of most average Fabergé egg, that's the one I look to for kind yeah. of like, oh, yeah, now I know what one looks like. Yeah. I'll get out now. I've seen it, right? yeah. So that's probably what, you know, that's what it was for, the coffee table kind get of Get in, music. look at the Fabergé egg. <laughs> get, get out. out. Yeah. No, but, <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. That people are not, you know, but more and more, the internet hasn't made it more universal. It's made it even more capitalist than anything because yeah. the rich get richer and, oh, the, you know, if you're on a certain playlists. That's it, yeah. You know, but it's harder to crack into than it was. They say, "Oh, you can make it from your bedroom," yeah, but you don't get the support from the top, which is what you need. But then it's this is an entirely other massive conversation. <laughs> but you know, it's like if you can get into the three albums a year by in public, mm. if you can get in because and going to see gigs, if you're playing at the level like arena level, it's like you people go to see one, two a year, yeah. And you've got to really appreciate that. 100%, yeah. I mean, I used to go at gigs every week, twice a week at least, right? And now I go hardly ever. Yeah. And I even, it'll be like, oh, where is it? Oh, it's at um, Islington. Oh, it's a bit of a, 
on, 10 minutes in taxi now. Yeah. Nah, I'll stay in. Right, you know, I mean, I'm yeah. like that. It's yeah. weird. Whereas I used to be like going, oh, it'll be with the coach right there, two hours. Yeah. Right? But now I just can't be bothered. It's, 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 it's why. So why, why should I be... Uh, I, I've got to appreciate everyone that goes and buys the tickets. Yeah, it's, and, and it's exactly that. It's that weird thing of London will always be the biggest show on the tour, yeah. but not always the best. Because, again, London is somewhere where there's 10 gigs a week. Yeah. They, they can be that yeah. strongness. You, those shows, again, if you're doing this arena type level, those people who do see three or four gigs a year... Yeah. They're really invested on that that being a good night. They're yeah. not going again. Well, come then, impress me. They're going yeah. again. Fucking night out. My favourite gigs. Are the, it, my favourite gigs are the ones if 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 a venue is in the centre of town. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, as soon as you put an arena just outside town, people have to drive to it. It's parking costs, all this kind of stuff. They've got annoyed the of, before they're there. Yeah, and I they're thinking yeah. about, well, should we leave early uh, yeah, to, yeah. To, to dodge? But the, I love I love like Manchester Arena is great. Like loads of the theatres that are in towns are great because yeah. you also get an element of it just doesn't happen anymore. Walk up, which yeah. is like fantastic because it's just people going. Oh, there's We've something had a few, going on. Right, there's something going on. Let's go and see it. And yeah. those are the kind of I, I, in many ways, I kind of prefer the p- people that we're trying to win over. Than, yeah. that's why festivals are so good, though. Yeah. Well, that's one thing. Is I was, I'll I'll wrap things up now by kind of really? asking about the live element of. Yeah. Um, How's that ch- changed over the years? Because it feels like, it feels like at the moment you feel like you're enjoying feeling like underdogs again, or yeah, yeah, like you've got something to prove again. Does that help with the live? Because that is you need to have that. Yeah, energy. but you need to have that drive to go. Fucking come on, live we'll show has, you. Li- live has always been weird for me because I really I enjoy it once I'm on. I hate the prospect of it, but then I don't think I've ever got it right 100. percent because sometimes I feel like I'm going a bit too cabaret. Right, And yeah. sometimes I can't, I don't know where to place myself because I can't just stand there and want them to appreciate it. Yeah. So then I start asking to be appreciated. Then I feel a bit too cabaret. Yeah. So I kind of swing from side to side. But maybe that's, maybe the fact that I haven't really got it right yet means that I'll keep doing it. Yeah. Because I can't be Liam Gallagher. No one can. No. I can't just stand there and expect you to love me, right? Yeah. So I kind of ask for it. So I turn into like some kind of like tap dancing puppy, going like, "Enjoy it, enjoy it." Yeah, but then, yeah. but then I'm not I'm not Freddie Mercury enough to yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of like I just kind of I like the fact that anything live. I like the fact that I don't feel I've got it right. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's 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 finding that spot. I always remember going and seeing. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes yeah. on one of their tours. And it was the first tour that he wasn't just being, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah. He was proper a performer. Yeah. And it was my favourite gig I've seen them do. My mate I went with right. didn't like it at all. Was like, oh, really? oh, no, I liked it when it was proper. I liked it when it, and I was like, no, but look, he's loving that. Yeah. He's not doing that because he feels he has to. He's yeah. doing that because that's what he wants to do. And then, that's what makes then it there's good. An element. If it was that feeling of, oh, they've got to big venues, he's yeah, putting yeah, on a yeah, show, yeah, yeah. he's active. But, but it's like, no, he's loving that. There's a weird performer's self-destruction as well because as soon as people start noticing you're doing something, you stop doing it, yeah, right? yeah. which is weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like it when you do this, right? That's gone. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. weird. It's also... I'm conscious of, of it now. And there's a weird thing, you know, you fall over and after the gig you're coming out of the stage door and they say, oh, best bit was when you fell over. Yeah. And you just think to yourself... Should I just fall over every... every yeah, like, yeah. It's, it always reminds me of that bit in Trading Places. You know when he's holding a vase? You know Trading Places, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's holding a vase 
and he drops it, and they they said, "But that was insured for forty thousand, so you've just made us." And he goes, "You want me to break anything else?" <laughs> and it always reminds me of that performing because there's an element of like, so you like it? Hello, oh, can I call? This I is Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's an element of like people, but live, it's it's all about going wrong. Yeah. Uh, but you can't go wrong on purpose. Yeah. Unless have you ever seen videos of that um, Metallica tour where the at the end, the whole stage collapses. Right. Oh, it's fantastic. No, I haven't right. seen it. So they, they once did a show where they, right at the end, like a man runs across on fire. Yeah. And a man falls down, girders come down, and they're still playing and the whole thing's collapsing. But people were having heart attacks thinking it was actually happening. Amazing. But it's incredible. Watch that on YouTube. Well, we'll Sorry. We'll, we'll end it there. Thank you very much for your time. Um, when we've stopped and I'm yep. packing down, I'm going to sh- show you a video of Big Daddy Kane okay. when he had this thing where it goes wrong and it, it's the most mind-blowing thing you'll ever really? see. I'll post it on Instagram as well, but I've, yeah. I keep a copy of it on my phone because it's so good. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'll show you that. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank it's you for having me. Pleasure. Much appreciated. Thank you. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. How good was Ricky? We got um, cut off a little bit at the end there as some other people needed the office, the meeting room that we were recording in. But um, I was really pleased with the chat. I loved I loved chatting with Ricky. Such a, a, a lovely, open and, and down-to-earth lad. So I um, hope you enjoyed that. S- speaking, I mean, this is an obvious link, but... There's also a comedian called Rich Wilson, and he's got a podcast called Insane in the Men Brain, and it's talking to men about their mental health. And it, that, that sounds really heavy. It's not. He's a comedian. Half his guests are comedians. A few of them are musicians, all sorts of stuff. It's really good. He recently had a guy called 76 on, who's one of my best friends and oldest friends. And... It's a fascinating episode. I learned stuff I didn't know about 76. Um, yeah, I just, I've just thought I'd get a recommendation in for that. Speaking of recommendations, you know I'd love you all to go and listen to the Pod Bible podcast or to grab a copy of Pod Bible magazine. If you go on our socials, you'll know where we've left some or where we're going to be handing them out in person. Again, we do it on, on the regular. Or you can read them di- digitally at Pod Bible Mag. Dot com. Is there anything else I need to plug or tell you about? I don't think there is. That feels about it, right? My illness was rough, mate. I, was, I had this this fever, right? And it started just before the last oh, We Are Lizards, which was amazing, by the way. Sam Duckworth is a, he's the best. But yeah, I, I got this. It's, I started to feel ill and I happened to have my club night that night. And I was driving anyway, so I was sober. But over the night, I started to ache more and more and more. And when I got in at like four o'clock... Um, I had these intense, violent shivers that my whole 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 body was just every muscle was tensed up and shaking. It was horrible. So I managed to, to get myself up to bed, and when I woke up, I was gone. That Sunday was a write-off. I I had to go downstairs and, and, and get some water. No word of a lie, it took me three hours because I kept having to just curl into a ball because my muscles and joints were just in unbelievable pain i think i got this fever thing at the end of a really hard week of working out so where i was gonna have a few days 
of recovery my my muscles and joints instead got hit by this thing and i think it made it even worse so that was rough um on the monday i had to cancel the first podcast i've ever had to cancel so that sucked and then tuesday i had a meeting as i was meant to guest on another podcast i have a screen out to cancel that but wednesday i was back recording podcasts and getting my shit done if you follow the patreon patreon.com slash scroobius pip one dollar a month you will have seen who i recorded with on sunday and your head will be in your hands your heart will be in your mouth it's an amazing one as i record this intro it's friday so i've not recorded it yet so if, if i've not posted anyone then that's a shame because um, the person I've got lined up, um, I think they've probably done my favourite opening line in any movie ever. And, and you know, I think often regarded potentially as, as generally the best opening line in a movie ever. And they've been in just some of the best movies. They're an absolute legend. So pretty excited about that. I'll let you uh, theorise... Um, on that yourselves or just as said patreon.com slash scroobius pip um dollar a month mate bargain anyway i'm gonna go because i'm still not 100 percent um cured oh i went to the wwe performance center this week on thursday it was so cool i got no one generally gets to go there except for the wrestlers and that like genuinely i get there it's it's the uk one i ring the bell because I'm not sure if I'm in the right place, the door gets answered. It gets answered by Volta, the WWE UK champion. <laughs> I was like, all right, wicked. This is mad. Um, and I got to have a look around and I hang out, and it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Anyway, I did some posts about it and posted some, some photos. And some of the lads from the UK stuff have asked to use my photos in their in their, in their their profile pictures and that. And like wrestling blogs and that were like, oh, no one's posted any pictures of the of the UK performance centre yet. I got clearance to do so and everything. And tonight I'm heading to NXT UK in in Brentwood, Essex, because that's just up the road for me, isn't it? So that's exciting. Anyway, t- t- tonight, as I recall this, obviously, not tonight as you're listening to it, you're listening to it on a Wednesday or later. Anyway, this is a long outro and it's not that interesting. All right. Next week's guest, as I mentioned, is Bill Blooming Bailey. And then I've got some really special ones coming up. Obviously, I've got some great guests, but I've also got a bonus episode that really means a lot to me. I might have a mini episode with one of my favourite directors of all time, who I can only get a short amount of time with, but he's a legend, so I wanted to. Um, Yeah, a lot of good stuff to come. All right, I'll talk to you all later. Ta-ta!